Welcome to the MS HSCT Stories Podcast. I'm Colleen Daniels, and this is where you'll hear many different stories around HSCT for multiple sclerosis. Interviews with real people, sharing real MS and real HSCT stories. Hi there everyone and welcome to our second episode of the MS and HSCT podcast. Before I introduce today's guest, I do want to thank everyone listening because as you all will realise, right now there's a number of people being diagnosed with MS and that number's growing and every one of those people when they're diagnosed have questions piled on top of questions and they want to know their options when it comes to treatments. And HSCT is receiving more publicity now. We do want to talk about HSCT so that people get to hear the reality of it. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce and welcome our fabulous guest, Tanya. And Tanya's from Queensland. I want to say a huge thank you for Tanya for putting her hand up to be interviewed. Hello, Tanya. And welcome. Hi, Colleen. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Now, so I'll start with your MS background, I guess. So if you can just give us a brief idea, if we can just go from there. So it was 2002 and I was 26 years mm-hmm. old. Um, I'd had a number of stressful events happen. And then within a few weeks, I woke up one day with double vision. I went to optometrists and eye specialists and... They thought I had um, brain tumours and mm. back to the doctors and then to they sent me to the to one of the hospitals for a CAT scan which showed nothing back to the GP who sent me to the neurologist. Then from the neurologist we got the MRI and that was you might have MS. Ah, um, yes. And they looked to be sure we'll have to do the lumbar puncture. Oh. Of course, that was, yeah, that was a, so that was what confirmed it. So, yeah, 26, I got diagnosed. And uh, I recall the doctor at the time saying to me, if you were my daughter, I would be taking Rebif. I started on injecting three times a week on Rebif. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that was pretty painful. So, you know, come home, have a couple of scotches. and <laughs> And, you know, inject yourself. And, yeah. Um, and because that's subcutaneous, injecting into fat, my partner at the time was injecting, you know, my bottom or back of the arms, that sort of thing. Right. And then, um, but he wasn't rotating the site, ended up with an infection, had to go back into hospital, got sorted out, and then was told because I'd had that reaction to the rebus, I'd have to go on to another patient. So then I went on to uh, Abinax, which is, was uh, once a week intramuscular. And then just just thinking, I'm not getting better doing all these injections. Mm, I was, yes, I was about to ask you, <laughs> was there any change? Yeah, so mm. at the time, um, originally I used to manage fitness centres, I was a personal trainer, right. instructor, but you know, slowly but surely my right side started to weaken and things just started to get worse. I thought, well, why am I taking this medication if nothing's happening? So then I went on the route of trying natural therapies. Yes. So I tried kinesiology, uh, hypnotism, Chinese mm. herbs, acupuncture, uh, you name it. I was cupping everything, tried taking a million vitamins and um, juicing up the beetroot, carrot and celery. Yes. And Mm-hmm. And the MS was still continuing to get worse. And then at about the 10-year mark, I woke up with numbness in both of my feet. Uh, so back to the neurologist and 
you know, she says, oh, well, you know, you're doing this natural and not being on medication isn't helping. And then she produced the Capaxone bag like it was a show bag at the Echo. Like we were ordered, <laughs> yes. You know. Mm-hmm. So on the Capaxone I went reluctantly and just getting worse, continuing to get worse. The double vision and the numbness in my feet both sort of lasted about 12 months. And then I was so over-injecting, my body was like a pincushion. Yeah. It's, it's difficult, yeah. so difficult. And also you said your husband was doing it too. And, yeah. You know, I think a lot of us have trouble doing it ourselves. Yeah. It's like yeah. sort of easier in a weird way if someone else does it. But anyway. Yeah, because you, you don't know when it's coming. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Yes, that's right. I went to the, um, yeah, the Texadera. Right. And like a lot of other people, um, I was getting the hives and the rash. Right. Is that, um, sorry, is that like a tablet or is that another injection? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just an oral pill. And okay. the attraction of it. Yes. But yeah, it was just a pill, but I got terrible reactions. Reactions to that. that. Mm. So... And by this stage, I'm sort of hitting up 11 years. So I had been working in the fitness industry, but because of my right side weakening, I had to get a desk job. Right. And moved into the desk job, and within eight years, I I had to resign. I just couldn't walk. I couldn't use Mm. a mouse very well. I'm I'm right-handed, but had moved everything to be left-hand mouse. Right. And then starting to get the pain, which was mm. my absolute worst symptom. Mm. Um, the pain was just debilitating. So by then I had resigned work. So, yeah, by 36 um, had resigned work and thought, okay, let's start crossing things off the bucket list. Yes. Um, my MS continued to get worse. So then I was looking, I was contemplating suicide. It's a terrible thing. This is, mm. Yeah. Not a way, it wasn't a way to live for me, so... No. And then, and then you started looking for other well, things, perhaps? Ironically, something, there was a um, 60 Minutes episode and I saw Christy Cruz um, yes. and her HSCT story and suddenly I had hope. But my focus was no longer on suicide attempt, it was... There's more to try. There's more. Um, mm. Yeah, so I uh, started doing all my research, joined all the HSCT pages mm. Yeah, start speaking to people who had been through the procedure. Sure, it wasn't all the scam, which is you know what the parents. Yes. Were. So, how many years ago was that now for you? So that you were two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's when you started looking. Uh, so I no, that was when I went to Russia. Oh, sorry. You're right. In two thousand and thirteen. Right. So yeah, you spent a couple of years really. Weighing it all up, thinking, is this worthwhile? I went to my Mm. neurologist when I first found out about it. Mm. Uh, He talked me out of it, no, just saying how dangerous it was. Yes. You come back in a box and, oh, okay, no worries. Obviously, if I'm going to do this, I need to be better prepared to do my research because the treatment options were not great here. So, yeah, so, and then... I finally decided that I could use my money from my superannuation. Right. And I thought, well, if I stay the way I am, I'm not going to use that money anyway. So why not give this one last crack, use that money, go to go to Russia? Yeah. Yeah, so I got my name on the waiting list. At the time, it was about two and a half years waiting list. Right. Um, and so I think I was scheduled to go in 2016. 
Mm-hmm. But in 2015, I'd had a, an MRI and they told me that my lesions were active. And so I spoke to Russia and told the, the lovely Anastasia and told her that my lesions were active and her response was, come now. Yes. Come now and um, we'll get you in because, you know, you can get a better outcome when your lesions are active. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. That's something I didn't really know. Yeah, okay, good. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, so so everything got changed and, um, you know, it was very stressful but, you know, oh so hopeful. So I ended up going in September and late September. Right. Yeah, in 2015 and I was 42. So by then I was secondary progressive. Okay. And when I, tr- I tried to do HSCT here in Australia, mm. I only had two attacks, being the double vision and the numbness in the feet. Oh. I wasn't bad enough because I'd had MS over 10 years. I was too bad. Right. So, you know, yeah. So there was no chance of getting it here. No, by that stage. Yeah. So you, you did a lot of research and obviously you had to look at where you would have the procedure done. You decided you were going to do it. And then I, I mean, from personal experience, I know there's different countries. So how did you make up your mind as to which? For my, for me, at the time, uh, I was, my options were uh, Russia, Mexico, Singapore, Florence, I think Chicago. Yes. Florence and Singapore were out because of the cost. I think they were about 120,000 US. Yeah. Whereas Mexico and Russia were about, at that time, 45,000 US. So, and then I was going on my own. So, yeah. at the time, Mexico had to have a carer. So this is why um, I chose Russia. And also the fact that it was all in, in, in the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mexico was across the road or something. Mm. So, and the other thing was, Everybody I'd spoken to had gone to Russia and really spoke about how great it was. Yeah, it was it was a pretty easy choice for me to make. Now it's just interesting to know because people have different criteria. You know, some yeah. people don't like the in hospital everyday thing. Yeah. So your main memories, like about the actual procedure, what yeah. you know, I think we all have something specific that we might recall. You know, like. It might be the worst bit or it might be the, the easiest bit. So, what do you think is your main memory from HSCT? It was a roller coaster. Uh-huh. Um, I do recall, you know, being so happy to be there. I was not frightened in any way. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. That's a big yeah. thing. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people said, oh, wow, you went on your own. And yeah. I was like, well, you know, they say, weren't you scared? And my response is, well, once you shit your pants at the <laughs> centre, going to Russia on your own is really it's, not that. It's big. nothing. Yes. Nothing. Yeah. So it was. So Russia was really hopeful. The treatment was, as, as they all told me, the team there were amazing. Mm. They were so responsive. Um, the food was questionable. But, you know, <laughs> different. Different. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Mm. Um, but but all in all, everything was good, and then. Chemotherapy, that was, again, you know, day two, day one is okay, day two is a bit iffy, day three, you know, um, day four I think I was hallucinating that um, mm. Putin had sent for me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but, but it was all good, really, yeah. you know, can't complain. 
Yeah. Um, then yep. obviously the stem cell transplant, that all went fine. Right. Um, and then we're going into the isolation period. You know, again, a lot of people I think would find that daunting. Yes. But it was actually the most relaxing time where you can really just shut off from the world and yeah. think about this new life. Yeah, I think that's something, it's attitude, isn't it? A lot of it is about your attitude and, and if you go into it dreading it, like yeah. your isolation part, you know, that Absolutely. can make it difficult. So Absolutely. I'm glad that you did it easily. Yeah, oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was there for a total of 32 days. Right. Um, I, I got to see the start of um, the flurries that's snowing in Russia. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Which you don't see in Queensland. Yeah, no, not at all, not, not at all. Yeah. Uh, which we saw some yeah. Hmm. So, yes, yeah, that was my Russian experience. As I say, the people, the team there were just so supportive and really just amazing. Yeah, and they, they help you feel safe when you're going through the procedure, and that's important. It's something that people do need to consider, apart from all the other things like the food and the cost yeah. and everything else. It's just different, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Again, it's about your attitude. You know, it's like, well, you've just you've got to eat, so you've got to eat. Yeah, and, and like when, when you leave and you have your exit interview with Dr. Federico. Yes. He's telling you, he says, good food, good mood, good attitude. Yeah, and it's fairly standard. I must say, if, you, if anyone's interested in, in Russia, I mean, I know it's different these days and probably difficult, but... Just hearing people's different experiences when they are there, and it's good to know what people felt when they were there as well because, yeah. it, you know, it's all part of it. And no matter how how much you've ex- explored it, and you don't really know what to expect. So it's good to hear other people's thoughts about and it. And through treatment with other people from around the world. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it's not like you're really alone. Not exactly. I don't know how they do it now, but um, I'm sure it's much the same. So the recovery, though. Yeah, I guess um, so. so I'll just say, like, my symptoms before I went was I had a really, I had foot drop. um, I had very much right side weakness. I had a real swing in my gait. And Mm. the pain that I had was just um, indescribable. It was daily as in, oh, well, multiple times daily, um, up my hand. It did feel like little ants biting at my bones. And I mm. microwave next to my bed because the only thing that would kill the ants is heat. Um, right. But as we know, usually we don't like heat. Don't like heat, no. But that was the only thing that would sort of help me. But once I'd burnt the ants from my hand, oh, they would scurry up my arm. So I'd end up with sort of wig bags all up my arms and it mm. got all the bones to... The pain was... The so the pain was your number one? Yeah. So I remember saying to my mother that even if I could have two weeks relief from this pain... Um, You'd give anything. ...the 60 grand was all worth it. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So when I came back, um, well, after the stem cell transplant, the pain changed. It really changed. Um, and I remember um, saying to Dr. Federenko with tears in my eyes. I'm like, is this it? Like, is this it? Really? Is the pain gone? Uh, I said, oh, you know, I don't know. If, you know, t- just time will tell. Yes. And then when I was on the plane coming, and I think I'd just flop, reached the edge of Australia, mm. and I started to get the pain back in my hand. Oh. Oh, well, here we go. Yeah. All starting over again. So, yeah. 
Right. It was different. It wasn't as severe as what it was. Right. So it had changed. Yeah, when I got home, Mm -hmm. uh, started the recovery process of, you know, eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping. Would slowly just start taking walks, and noticed that I didn't need my foot orthotic. That I did have a swing. So how? Sorry, how soon after? Within three weeks. Wow, that's pretty amazing. To notice a change. My house, yeah. Yeah. You know, usually I was a bit of a wall walker. Yes. Um, but even just noticing that, geez, my walls aren't so dirty anymore. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so you yeah. could walk around your house and then yeah. I guess it was a little bit of a, a challenge to sort of walk out the door, was it? As, as you know, you know, we've got that 100-day period where we're sort of restricted to staying. Yes, on, yep. Um, and, you know, on like the pregnancy diet, so... Yes. Um, just having mm. lots of cooked food. And yeah. I had a stationary bike, so I'd start off doing 10 seconds. Right. Bike one day. Yes. 15. Wow. Sleep, eat, you know, and yeah. slowly but slowly just build that recovery up. That, that's really good because, sorry, a lot of people will go, oh, well, I just, I'll do five minutes. But five minutes is a long time. And if you're saying you just do seconds, like, you know, yeah. that's so much better because it's achievable, isn't it? Exactly. You know, so why make something harder? So I'm really glad that you're speaking about that because, you know, because a lot of people do push, I think, a bit yeah. too hard. Well, I'm not an expert at all, but yeah. I, I just think people push. Yes, so you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, so and and we can reach that. You feel good. Yes. To increase it to the fifteen seconds, you get more motivated. Yeah. And then eventually you get to a full minute. Absolutely. And it's party time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So yes, the rehab is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I guess we can sort of jump along. Um, How are you now? I'm really, really good. Right. So when I when I went to Russia, my um, EDSS or my disability score was about a six point five. Right. My EDSS now is about a two. Wow. Two point five. Yeah. So I was really fortunate that I no longer have foot drop. I don't limp. Um, I don't. I have the pain, but it's it it is it's very rare. Right. It's usually when I have done too much right um, and yeah. that's just now my body telling me hey you've got to slow down yeah a bit. you're tired um, stop it's tired yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. my yeah. life is completely different mm-hmm. from going from wanting to kill myself to i have a life it's just i'm so lucky yeah i'm so lucky yeah and um, because you feel so lucky you feel that you want to share you want to share absolutely there are, that there is hope you want to let people know that there is hope and what you did fairly soon after, I think, you were telling me that you arranged yeah. like a, a gathering, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So mm. we organised a seminar. And yes. It was, uh, the CEO of MS Australia, uh, an MS nurse and the head researcher of MS Research Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we sort of had a panel. So we had those three on, on one side and then on the other side were... Uh, myself with secondary progressive, somebody with relapsing, remitting MS, 
and somebody with primary progressive. Wow. And we had all done the treatment. Wow. All had amazing results. Well, I applaud you for doing that, for arranging yeah. that. I think that is fabulous. That is fabulous. You know, um, MS Australia sort of poo-pooed that it's only good for people with relaxing Yes. So I thought yeah. this was really important to have the three different mm. Mm. types there. Yeah. It went really well. Yeah, yeah. And all these little things, it's these little voices, isn't it? It's the little voice, (laughs) there's a little tap, tap, tap. And we might not achieve huge gains from those things, but all those little things add up. And that I think now, because people are talking about HSCT and doing these things, like arranging these meetings and things, it's getting noticed. It has to get noticed. So I, I think it's wonderful. I, I'm really thrilled to know that you've done that. It's terrific, terrific stuff. And and one day we're getting closer, I think. We can only hope. Do you have any advice to people who are thinking about HSCT? I guess one thing that I wasn't aware of before I went over that I think people should be aware of yes. is uh, when I got back, I... Within it, you know, I'd done all my rehabilitation and was really, really good. And mm-hmm. then I started to get pain in my hips, um, right? So I got diagnosed with a vascular neuroma. Okay, yeah, that is an issue. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so um, so in 2017, I had both my hips replaced. Right. Uh, so this is a um, side effect from the steroids. Right, and had you had steroids like before? No, no. no it was only with HSCT. Wow. Okay. Um, but you know, it was so easy to get my to get them replaced. Right. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really concerned about that. And then in 2019, I started to get the same similar pain in my shoulder, so I had my left shoulder replaced. Oh goodness. And uh, now. Um, I'm looking at getting my right shoulder replaced. Okay, and this is all from the steroids? Yeah. Wow. What I would really like to say is that I would still do HSCT in a New York minute. I've got my life back. Yeah. Yes, because... uh -uh. I consider it a very small price to pay um, that I didn't know about, but even if I had known about it, I would have still done it because... What I got from that treatment was so fantastic. Um, yeah, I would have still absolutely done it. Right, because, no yeah, like you say, you've got your life back and you feel like you can take part in things again, don't you? Yeah. Exactly. Something, oh, I shouldn't jump in on your story, but the first thing that I sort of really was so appreciative of was the fact that I knew what tomorrow was going to be like. I wasn't waking up absolutely. every day thinking, oh, what now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's really important. The avascular or AVN, I think they call it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Save me saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's it's an issue, and I've heard it oh, certainly more than once. And of course, if you've had steroids before, that probably makes it a bit more likely. You know, I'm familiar with another person. Who, yes, he has MS. He hasn't had HSCT, but he has had steroids, and he's got AVN as well. Right, so it's the you steroids. Know, so. It's certainly something that people need to consider and it's one of all the risks, I guess, that you take, isn't it? Exactly. But as you say, you'd have still done HSCT even if you'd known, you know. And, well, I'm glad that you're doing better now in in so many ways, (laughs) you know, and and I thank you for talking with us today and for sharing all of that and I think people will get a lot 
although they'll take a lot from it, from what you've said today, they'll learn a lot. And I think all our stories, all our stories add up and I think they're important. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you very much. I think we'll leave it there for today. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm Colleen Daniels. Thank you for listening today. Please come back for our next episode where you'll hear another story. Thank you.